Support for this podcast comes from Aperture ATS, an applicant tracking system that redefines user experience for candidates, recruiters and hiring managers. Just listen to one of the many ways in which L'Oreal USA has improved their hiring process with Aperture, as told by Edward Dias, Director of Recruitment Intelligence and Innovation. Since we've been using Aperture ATS globally, we have been able to massively improve our communication rate with candidates during and following their application. Uh, before over a million people worldwide would never get contacted. Um, but with this smart automation and flexible processes, we've been able to change that. And that's been a huge achievement. Visit avature.net, that's A-V-A-T-U-R-E dot net, to learn why global market leaders like L'Oreal choose Avature to extend the candidate experience from shoulder tap to first day. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 305 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Skills are very much on the agenda at the moment as many employers review their talent strategies to ensure they are adequately preparing for the future. Having the right skills is also vital for talent acquisition professionals. With the profound changes we've seen in recruiting approaches and processes likely to become permanent. My guest this week is Catalina Schwenniger, Chief People Officer at FutureLearn. Catalina has a dual background in talent acquisition and learning and development, so is very well placed to talk about the skills talent acquisition teams will need in the future and how talent acquisition professionals can acquire them. Hi Catalina and welcome to the podcast. Hello Matt, thanks for having me. An absolute pleasure to have you back on the show. I should have said welcome back to the podcast, actually. For people who may not know you, could you just introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Sure. I'm Catalina Schwenninger. I'm currently the Chief People Officer of FutureLearn, an online uh, learning uh, platform. I was previously uh, for many years in with Vodafone um, in last role as the kind of equivalent of Chief Learning Officer and previously as their Global Head of Recruitment and Employer Brand. And I think you and I uh, kind of both miss, um, you know, going to Unleash and meeting each other at different conferences where we used to bump into each other a lot when uh, when I was still taking care of recruitment at Vodafone. Absolutely, the the days of the days of travel and face to face conferences. Let's hope they return. Let's hope they return soon. On that point, I mean, you've got a really interesting background because you know, you've worked in talent acquisition and you've also worked in learning development, and you've got an interesting interesting role now. Tell us a little bit about the the company that you're working for at the moment? Look, uh, FutureLearn is, is, is a very interesting company. Obviously, I'm biased. Um, it's, uh, it's a company that was established about seven years ago uh, by the Open University, who are one of the leaders in uh, distance learning. Um, it's now a company of about a bit over 200 employees based out of London with a global footprint and uh, working with higher education institutions and industry partners to cater to the ever-increasing demand of learners around the world to to learn, right? To get their skills, to get new jobs, if you look at the digital world, but also 
to learn, you know, to, to reinvent themselves or even to learn a new hobby. Um, I think it's, you know, the reason I joined um, is my last role was in learning. Uh, and I was you know, obviously very close to the education tech um, uh, world. And uh, I had the ambition of, of working in a startup and going into experiencing, you know, that kind of other side of work after a career of 20 years in corporates. And I'm very excited now, I think. Little did I know when I joined uh, back in January that I would be coming in into a global pandemic and having to close offices and work move uh, our workforce remotely. Uh, but it's very, very exciting times, especially uh, for our industry. We're very, very lucky to be in, in learning in these times. Absolutely. And it it has been such an interesting year in terms of in terms of learning and and digital learning platforms so with the access to everything that's available during the pandemic i found myself taking courses and everything from sound engineering to behavioral economics it's kind of a really interesting time um on that note we we've sort of talked about digital skills and how employers can get digital skills into their companies in the past how is the pandemic changing everything or driving everything in terms of how employers think about skills and, and also how people manage, are managing their careers now? Look, I've seen two trends in the last uh, months. Um, I mean, I think all of us as individual learners have got all of a sudden more time on our hands, right? Just by not commuting every day to work, you got yourself more time to think about your skill set, to learn something new. Um, even without applying those new skills. So we've seen an ever-increased need of all sorts of learning. I think we saw, we've seen an increase of fourfold versus before, which is very, very, very uh, interesting. In addition to that, we've seen that the trend of the demand for the new skills, right, going from data science, data analytics, uh, cyber, the skills that get you the hot jobs at the moment, that demand has stayed as high as before. Uh, and, and, and why is that? Simply because, you know, with the shifts in the workforce, uh, these are the jobs in demand. Um, uh, these are the skills in shortage as well. And a lot of, I think a lot of companies, um, have come to the realization that, uh, it's probably less costly to buy than to build talent in this space. Uh, so you're better off, you know, reskilling, upskilling your workforce. And also people like us uh, who unfortunately, you know, were impacted by the pandemic and maybe either furloughed or lost our jobs. You know, we appreciate that there is a time when you have to uh, shift gears and, uh, and redirect your career towards the roles in demand, right? So the, on one level, there's a need to get into these uh, jobs by acquiring the new skills. On the other, on the other level, it's just you know, the propensity of learning has increased, uh, not just for digital skills. Yeah, I think interesting, digital has always been a high demand. It's not been changed really by the, uh, by the dynamics of the pandemic. I suppose going into 2020, for many employers, these things tended to work in silos. So you had a talent acquisition team, a talent management as a distinct thing, learning development as, as something else. I, I kind of get the sense now that employers are looking at talent from a very, very different perspective. What role do you think talent acquisition should play when it comes to skills and skills development within within the businesses that they work in? Look, it's, it's a really good question. I was reflecting on that when I was uh, back in my old Vodafone role. Uh, I still don't understand why the operation model is such that talent acquisition and talent development are separate. I, I look to a day when there will be one team, you know, looking at talent end-to-end. 
and they will just differentiate themselves by the solutions they go after. You know, if if the if the people analytics show you that there is a lack of that skill in the company, it will take you too long to get people uh, to be reskilled. Then maybe we should go external, right? Uh, whereas right now, I think in most companies, uh, including my own, you have uh, you kind of have Chinese walls between internal talent, external talent. So I think uh, I think the pandemic also told us that. Uh, you know, you have to have more end-to-end talent strategies because um, you know, uh, you know, cost cutting means that you might not be able to hire from outside. So you have to be in a position that you look at your current workforce and and make do with what you have. Uh, but as I said, I think I think in the near future you will see that talent will be one one team, right? And of course, you still need a specialization. You still need to know. Um, you know, techniques to attract talent, um, you know, social media, digital marketing, um, you know, good analytics, good, you know, good hunting skills. But at the same time, I think, you know, again, as I said, talent would become just one function where you have, you know, this end-to-end view of, you know, internal, external, alumni, gig workers, uh, and, and so forth. And I think I think you're seeing that trend as well. Some companies are moving into the space, but I think the, the the shift is not you know fast enough. On that note, in terms of skills and in terms of skills of talent acquisition teams, I know that during the last few months you've actually put your own course together on talent acquisition. Tell us about that. Why have you created that, and what's it all about? Yeah, I think I went back to my first love recruitment, and the reason um, you know I produced this course, which is uh, online available, free. Um, it's called Online Recruitment and Onboarding: Providing Continuity for Business and can- Candidates. You know, what's in the name is basically a, a set of resources that I've built together with some of industry's best from different companies, from my old company, but also from GSK, from, from BP, from IBM, is to share that kind of experience we've built over the last months of um, hiring completely remotely. Um, you know, the kind of the good, the bad and the ugly, the techniques that we found that worked uh, the things that you can do even on a shoestring when you don't have a budget, we felt that we should um, help, especially smaller companies that maybe don't have the sophisticated tech stack, uh, that they don't have the very experienced recruiters that maybe some large multinationals have. Uh, and and we realized that we, we saw that we, in the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of a lot of smaller companies went in a bit of a paralysis mode, right? They were they put a lot of hiring on hold because they just didn't know how to cope of not seeing someone face to face, not shaking their hand, not giving them the tour of the office. Um, and uh, at the same time, I think at the towards the end of the lockdown, especially here in UK in August, we saw that. Uh, a lot of companies became much more, um, uh, you know, they felt uh, they felt more equipped uh, and braver to actually go and embrace this completely digital hiring process. But in that time, I think back in July, we put this course together um, to just, you know, equip people with a kind of the basic uh, knowledge around, you know, how do you how do you assess actually someone's potential and skill over Zoom. How do you make sure they fit culturally? How do you make sure that you actually give them a realistic preview of what the company and the culture is like when they don't get to see the offices and, and shake hands with the people? Um, and we've we've worked with the Recruitment and Employment Confederation here in UK as as our kind of endorsement partner. 
Um, and we've done some research before we started the course because we kind of knew that from talking to our network that there is a big need. But we commissioned the research and we found that uh, 80% of recruiters across all sectors that we interviewed, uh, including in hospitality, retail, social care, etc., um, found remote hiring uh, very challenging. And uh, we also found that well, more than 50% of the recruiters said that um, you know, they uh, were not equipped to hire fully online. Um, uh, interesting, the positive of that was that only 14% of them saw a reduction in the levels of unconscious bias uh, through the hiring process. And about a quarter of them clearly said, look, we're not prepared or trained to shift to the new ways of working. And we appreciate that these ways of working will continue even after the lockdown. Right. So that research made us put this course together. Uh, the course has attracted uh, over a thousand learners from 105 countries until now, and it's uh, it's still uh, open for um, for enrollments. It was really really heartwarming to see that doctors and engineers and salespeople took it. So it wasn't just recruiters or hiring managers, let's say in a, um, you know in in kind of in uh, in the profession, but also different professions who thought you know this is a very useful course. So yeah, thank you for uh, for mentioning that. I uh, I would love to to invite other people to take it. It's free to take unless you want to upgrade, and uh, you have the opportunity to um, to have a dialogue also with fellow uh, with fellow learners who come from all over the world and share their experiences online. It's not just a one way kind of typical online learning where you learn from the educators. I'll absolutely make sure that there's a link to it in the show notes so people can click through and, and register and, and join the course. Now, you collaborated with quite a few people by putting the course together. What was the most interesting thing that you learned from some of the experiences that were being shared? I think the, um, the, the, the highlight for me was that, um, you know, it doesn't take much to give candidates reassurance and a great experience, uh, even again, as I said, even when you don't necessarily have means and huge budgets. So keep it very simple, keep it very human. A lot of people are going through an emotional roller coaster right now. As I said, a lot of our candidates that we see uh, talking to us at Future Learn are telling us about you know how they lost their jobs, how they are unsure about the current market. So I think this is a, a fantastic opportunity for recruiters to kind of step back and go back into their kind of you know um kind of human skills right uh, listening um showing a lot of interest being empathetic being more patient putting process first but putting the human side first and and that was the biggest highlight of you know whoever i spoke with from um experts in employer brand assessment uh culture building that was kind of the key takeaway kind of go back to basics and and engage in a human way with your candidates don't treat them like numbers yes look at the funnels measure everything but maybe spend more time than you usually would do to um uh, to have to show that duty of care and that will pay back yeah that will pay back later on i think people who have now good experience with brands will remember that and will be engaged longer uh, with, with your brand uh, be it as candidates or as 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 customers uh, and also, I think I remember IBM, Helena Perry, uh, who's an expert in, in, um, in recruitment and transformation. IBM was sharing some really cool things that they've done in IBM to make new joiners feel welcome even before they join. 
right? So, so more care put in by, in this example, IBM of creating that community, pushing content to these people, even, uh, even giving them access to learning before they step into the door, you know, in the virtual uh, door on day one. So that was something that uh, really resonated with me also coming obviously from a, an online learning, uh, learning company. I, I learned a lot personally from, from these contributors, but then what uh, it's more exciting is actually listening to the case studies that the learners uh, share. You know, we had someone from Kazakhstan uh, who's never, uh, you know, never um, hired online before, works for a small company, oil company. Uh, and, you know, she was very openly sharing about her experience as a, as a recruiter in, in kind of the digital world. Um, so, yeah, the, those are kind of my highlights uh, from, from the course. Fantastic stuff. And I've, I've, I've looked through the course and there, there really is some great content in there. You mentioned that in, in your survey, a lot of the talent acquisition professionals and recruiters who responded said they weren't prepared for what's, what's happening at the moment. Being that this is likely to continue in some way, shape or form in the, in the long term, what skills do you think talent acquisition teams need to develop to to really to really kind of thrive in the in the situation the ongoing situation that we find ourselves in i think one one thing that the whole function probably needed to um, um, you know to to get under uh, under under the bonnet really quickly was how you use technology um, to work for you uh, to both pre-skin candidates. I mean, I think we've all seen higher volumes of applicants these days uh, because just, you know, because of the trends in unemployment, unfortunately. So how you make the most out of pre-screening effectively uh, without excluding good talent, uh, so without doing kind of simple filtering. Uh, I think a lot of companies have now uh, learned and embraced video, um, um, uh, video pre-screening uh, we've talked to Workable, who we work with, and other providers, and they've all seen kind of an increase of, of traffic in uh, and demand for video screening. And it takes a different skill to actually assess and pre-screen based on a video interview versus CV, uh, right? So that's, I think, you know, using technology and getting better at pre-screening when volumes go, goes, uh, volume goes up is, is really important. Um, you know, how you make sure that you take uh, sound decisions in terms of assessment, uh, that's another thing that I think we as a function need to get better, how you don't fall into a traps of, uh, you know, uh, yeah, of asking the questions just to tick the box, but really active, you know, active listening and understanding the, um, um, uh, you know, the evidence that your candidates bring you in, in, uh, in the interviews. Um, again, I think the third one is being very, very, um, uh, very uh, process focused, making sure that throughout the process, you give people a good experience, that you follow up, uh, that you close the loops, that you chase line managers. You know, none of this is probably a new skill, but I think it's kind of zooming in and, and doing them maybe better than normal and paying more attention to this. Uh, because again, as I said, because of the psychological, it's where candidates are, because of uh, where line managers are also struggling with this change. So as, as a recruiter, you're in the midst of kind of helping everybody and being that glue that brings the process and the, and the people together. Uh, and, um, and yeah, and, and at the same time, obviously, 
on a personal level, you're also working from your home with the kids in the background, with the dog barking, right? How, how you kind of self-manage, stay sane whilst managing so many stakeholders, demanding hiring managers, emotional uh, recruiters and so forth. So I think that, as I said earlier, the empathy and the the interest in, uh, you know, in kind of listening and uh, and building that rapport with people remotely, that's, that's also a, a key skill. Final question. We're obviously a really interesting inflection point in terms of learning development and skills and career and talent management and talent acquisition. What does the future look like from a sort of skills, career and talent perspective in, in, in your view? Well, that's a tough one. Um, I think we will see um, what was previously a very niche um, function or set of skills that will blend and, and be built, bringing together. So as I said, I, I would, I'd see as a trend as merging kind of talent development, talent acquisitions into one. Um, so all of a sudden, uh, I think, you know, recruiters are in a, in a pole position if you want, because a good recruiter has already really good assessment skills. So you can apply those skills into a talent development area, um, uh, which is great. I think a big, uh, emerging skill, it's not emerging anymore, but I think we still need to work on, on bridging that skill gap is people analytics more focus on getting your numbers uh, well, not just on the reporting side, but also on predictive analytics, understanding the shifts in talent, uh, uh, kind of um, spotting the, the gaps before they come to life. Um, so becoming much more, if you want, you know, data analysts for, uh, for talent. Um, I think those are kind of the, the emerging skills. And I think in terms of careers, I mean, I have a fortune in my career that I was both a generalist and a specialist. And I think up until a couple of years ago, I, I, I was a pure T-shape, right? So deep expertise in recruitment kind of and a generalist. Obviously, now I feel like more of an M-shape because I've been in learning as well. And that's probably a trend, uh, right? Uh, and you need to be flexible and be open to have different experiences and stretch yourself to have that kind of breadth of skills so that uh, especially when roles are more limited and talent is in demand that you can actually jump from you know swiftly from being a generalist and, and being a specialist at the same time i think we all appreciate deep specialism right I've, I've just hired a fantastic tech recruiter and i love the fact that she's a deep expert right i'm working with her to also develop her into more generalist uh you know, um, business, um, kind of business facing roles, but, uh, it's, it's refreshing to see how people actually, you know, also have deep functional expertise and you, and you like to have to be surrounded by, uh, by expert as well. So I think there's pros and cons of that, but typically I think T-shaped careers are back in fashion after maybe 20 years, <laughs> uh, they, they're having a, uh, they're having a comeback in, uh, in our space. Catalina, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you. My thanks to Catalina. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow us on Instagram. You can find the show by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search through all the past episodes at www.recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me.